time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Coming to you from the Ozark Mountains here where it is a misty, foggy afternoon where the temperature has dropped about 20 degrees in the past hour. So it's getting into sub-zero temperature here before long. But hey, listen, we're talking about in the Vintage Truth Podcast a little series on belief. What does it mean to believe? And why is it important to believe? And and how are you supposed to know what you believe and why you believe and that type of thing? And we were just talking about last time how there's so many different lies out there about God and about truth. And it's so important that Christians have the ability to discern between truth and error. You know, some things are blatant. And, you know, some truth is just like, hey, that's that's easy. Everybody can spot that that's a lie. But not all of Satan's lies are like that. Satan is subtle. He has strategies. He has ways to slip in his lies within uh, some truth that he also shares sometimes. And so we have to know how to distinguish between those things and have the discernment to be able to tell the difference between his truth, God's truth, and Satan's lies. And a lot of times the lies even come from our own hearts as well. But, you know, we were talking last time, last time about sound doctrine and what sound doctrine can do for you. And we had mentioned the fact, or I'd mentioned the fact that, you know, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says that a mature believer is one who, because of practice, they have their senses trained to discern between good and evil. You know, there's so many false teachers and false teaching out there today in the Christian world, on Christian radio, published by Christian authors, uh, published by Christian publishers that are subtly duping Christians into believing things that are not true, that the Bible doesn't teach, and really ultimately are idolatrous ideas about God. That's what's going on out there. And that's why you as a believer are responsible to grow up in your understanding about God and the Bible so that you can tell the difference between a nice thought and something that the Bible says. You know, for years, people used to think that the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, was from the Bible. When it was actually from, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln or Mark Twain or somebody like that. But things that are out there, philosophies, thoughts, we're going to talk more about that. Let me give you a couple of ways that sound doctrine helps you in your faith. When I say sound doctrine, I mean teaching that is solid, that comes from the Bible. Thoughts, ideas, beliefs, concepts that come from Scripture, which comes from the mind of God. So you want to, you want to hear the mind of God. You don't want to hear a man's idea or opinion. But here are just a couple of things, a couple of the biggies that sound doctrine does for you. Number one, it helps to nourish you in your faith, to nourish you in your faith. You know, your faith is like a living thing. And when you're you're nourishing your faith, that means you're growing your faith. You know, when Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 6, uh, he said this. He said, Timothy, in pointing out these things, and these things are the things that come from God, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of sound doctrine which you have been following. So it's important 
that we allow sound doctrine, sound teaching to nourish our faith, that feeds our faith. If we don't feed our faith, our faith dies. If we don't feed our Christian life and nourish our Christian life and nurture it, then eventually we die. Just like your own body. If you don't feed your body, you're going to die. And so many Christians today are on a spiritual starvation diet and they don't even know it. Well, they wonder why they can't handle life, or why they're so depressed, or why they can't get along with anybody, or why they're always frustrated, why they can't deal with their anger or some other problem or sin. It's because you're not nourishing your faith on the words of sound doctrine. So sound doctrine nourishes you in the faith. Secondly, sound doctrine keeps you true to God when in these last days people downplay the importance of biblical teaching, even dismissing and denying it. You know, sound doctrine keeps you calibrated. In fact, again, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is what he, see if this kind of rings a bell here for you. He says, Timothy, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Now, I just want to stop there real quick. He says that Timothy's main job is to preach the word, to herald. That's what the word means, to herald the word of God, the truth of God. And he says, do it in season, do it out of season. In other words, do it, do it during the season and play in the off season too, man. In other words, do it when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. Do it when it's fun, when it's not fun. Do it when people receive it and accept it. Do it when they don't care. Do it when they fall asleep on you. Just do it. That's your job. Your job is to deliver the mail for God. Preach that word. And he says, reprove people. That means to, that you you correct them, rebuke them. That means you're calling them out when, when their belief is wrong, when they're off God's map. To exhort them, that's a strong encouragement. And he says, do this with great patience and with instruction. Now, why would Paul be so direct, so forceful, so in your face, Timothy, about this this final thing that he's telling him? Well, the very next verse tells us. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The time's going to come when people do not want you to tell them the truth. They would rather hear stories they would rather hear good good feelings, positive thoughts. They would rather hear self-help seminars. They'd rather hear anything than sound doctrine. Paul calls it having your ears tickled. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between having your ears tickled and your toes stepped on. So anyway, it keeps you true. Doctrine keeps you true to God when in these last days there are a lot of people in the Christian world that are just simply departing from the faith. And then a third thing that doctrine does, sound doctrine does, is that it helps you encourage other believers in the truth. And that's what we need today. We need more encouragement because if, if the average Christian doesn't stand up for the truth of the word of God, then who are you left to? You just, you're just left to the, you know, the small number of pastors out there that are doing it. Now, let me be clear. I mean, I was a pastor for 30 years. I love pastors. I've ministered to pastors and youth pastors 
throughout that whole time. But I'm going to tell you something. It, um, it's difficult these days because pastors are trying to keep the doors open in their churches. 80% of churches today in America, 80% are under 200 people. So if you go to a church that is over 200 in attendance on the Sundays, then you're a part of a very small percentage of the church. So we need encouragement. We need to encourage pastors. Hey, pastor, you preach the truth. I'll stand behind you. I'll stand with you on that. So we need to preach the truth. And sometimes it's not going to be popular to do that. And other times, you know, when you share the truth with someone, you may be surprised at how they actually receive it from you. I mean, I think about Jesus and the encounter with a Samaritan woman uh, at the at the well. And this Samaritan woman knows very little uh, about the true God. She knows bits and pieces, and she has sort of a hybrid religion that uh, that she's a part of. And she declares this, you know, to Jesus, something about her faith. And Jesus says, yeah, you know, that's really not right. That's, that's incorrect. Sometimes we only think that you can be incorrect on matters of science and math and facts and dates and history. You can also be incorrect on theology as well. This is what Jesus said to him, to her in uh, John 4. He said, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Whoa. Oh, wow, Jesus, that, that doesn't sound very nice for you to do to a woman. It just sounds so mean. He says, you guys don't really know very much, do you? He says, while we Jews, we know all about him. For salvation comes from the Jews, not from the Samaritans. But the time is coming, indeed it's here right now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You know, today we have a lot of people who want to worship God in spirit. We have these great worship gatherings where people go and see some band on stage with lights and, you know, strobe lights and, and their faces on a big screen. There's just a worship, just worship. That's great. Only if there's also truth in the worship. If there's truth in the worship, man, your worship is catapulted to the heavens. It's catapulted to a whole nother level. But if there's no truth in your, if you're just singing songs that make you feel good, then you're making up the faith as you go along. It's just a faith of convenience. You might as well just go eat something good. That'll make you feel good too. Or watch a funny program. Or watch a romantic comedy or, or a tearjerker movie or something. You know, it's, it's not the faith unless it's spirit and truth. Jesus says there's going to come a time right now where you have to worship the Father and Spirit and the truth. Then he says this. He says the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. So if you want to know what God really is looking for in this world, he's looking for people who are going to ascribe to him the glory and honor that he deserves but to do it based upon what they, has been revealed about him in his word. That's why we don't just make up stuff about God and believe it. If it doesn't come from the word, it's not legit. And then Jesus concludes by saying, for God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, Jesus shared sound doctrine with this woman. He wasn't afraid about offending her. In fact, what do you, what, what, if there's anything that, that kept Jesus at bay, it was the fact that he did not want her to miss the truth. If there's anything that Jesus said, man, I can't miss this opportunity, it would be I can't miss the opportunity of telling her what the truth is. I'm more concerned about your soul, ma'am, than I am the fact that you might be offended that I 
offended your religion. Because sometimes truth does offend. I'm not in a rude way. Jesus wasn't rude with this woman, but he simply shared the real truth with her because he knows that's not what love is. Love doesn't lie to people when you know the truth. Love doesn't just share something that makes someone feel good. So God wants us to to worship him in spirit and in truth. And by the way, that's the reason why God wrote scripture the way he did was to reach our minds. See, God never touches the heart first. He always touches the mind. You know why? Because there's no such thing as mindless Christianity. There's no such thing as mindless worship. You can't live for God mindlessly. God made the brain. He made the human mind so that his truth could communicate to us through our minds. And that would then have a residual effect on our emotions and a residual effect on our choices, our volition in life. God made the human mind. So it stands to reason that he would know how the mind best operates. So that's why he gives us truth that we can know him because he wants us to know. He wants us to reason, to wonder, to inquire, to explore, to comprehend, sometimes to to doubt. If you're doubting towards faith, as my good friend Bobby Conway says, then the Christian faith becomes more than just wishing or hoping or believing. It involves a level of intellectual confidence in the truth that God has revealed. That's what we find in the Bible. So belief based upon knowledge about God and his revealed truth is actually what enables us to worship and to enter into that worship. And that's what Jesus calls a true worshiper. The people that are really worshiping God are not necessarily the people that have their hands lifted up and their heads thrown back and their eyes closed. They might be worshiping. I don't know. But the people who really can worship God better than anybody else are the people who know more about God. Because the more you know about God, the more you understand you don't know about God. The more you know about God, the more you know how great and awesome he is. And that catapults your worship to another experience altogether. You know, it's important for us to worship God. Let me give you another thought before we leave here. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, he says this, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war or fight this battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. You see, Paul says, hey, if it were so easy just to take a sword off your wall and go destroy things, then, you know, we could all do, we'd all train to do that. That'd be pretty easy, but that's not the way it works here. We're working in a spiritual world. And he says, in this spiritual world, there are fortresses. And he says, our job is to destroy the fortresses of false thought about God, about faith, Christian life, about doctrine. Paul goes on to say, he says, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what's he saying there, Jeff? Well, listen, Paul's speaking about these fortresses here. A fortress is a stronghold, a place of strength. And Paul identifies some of these, if you imagine just like like a, a tower, a fortress, like an English medieval castle. Okay, it's that only it's in the thought world, in the spiritual world. And Paul calls them speculations here. In other words, that's a human word, a human term or a demonically inspired term, meaning any thought, any idea, any belief, 
any theory, any opinion, any philosophy, any doctrine, anything that contrasts or goes contrary to the true knowledge of God is found in Scripture. Those are the fortresses that we are tearing down. And these fortresses are everywhere in the church today. They're all throughout Christians' minds. Satan has built these little castles in Christians' minds all over the country, all over the world. We're believing false things about God. He also says, we're destroying every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. In other words, those ideas, those philosophies that are proposed or presented as being wise or learned or scientific or established or superior to the Word of God. Anything. We destroy it with God's truth. Now, first we have to destroy it in our own minds, right? We're just not going on on a crusade across the world to destroy people's false ideas about God. It begins in our own hearts. These mental and spiritual strongholds that capture our thinking concerning God, truth, and life. Strongholds. And you're not released from a stronghold by someone laying their hands on you. You're not released from a stronghold by simply having a positive thought. And guess what? You're not even released from a stronghold by just memorizing a Bible verse. Because it's not just about memorizing something, it's about obeying something. So yeah, memorize scripture, but you also have to obey God's word. See, those things take our thoughts captive, enslaving them into false patterns of thinking. There's only one place where you're going to get the proper pattern of thinking about God, about life, about truth, about relationships, about everything, and that's in the Word of God. So the Christian then, though, influenced by the Word, can rescue those thoughts by exposing the lies for what they really are and replace them with God's thoughts. You know what? That happens as we are immersing ourselves in the knowledge of Scripture. We said last time, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? It's not about accumulating knowledge. It's about transforming your mind with that knowledge. And so many Christians today are just simply avoiding it. They're dismissing it. When we need to be saturating ourselves in God's truth. You know, I've been doing this for over 30 years as, you know, quote unquote professionally as a full-time minister. But, But watch this. Over that time, God's Word has gotten into my mind. doesn't mean I always obey it, but it does mean the knowledge is there. And you know, sometimes I don't even, I'm not even thinking about a verse. And I hit a situation, all of a sudden, here comes truth from God just flooding down into my mind that I'm able to share with someone, like I'm doing a Q&A or whatever, and, and here comes the Scripture. I was sharing at a youth camp here a couple of years ago, about 800 youth at this camp, we were outdoors, and it was at night, and it was pitch black, and I couldn't see my Bible, I couldn't see my notes, I couldn't see anything, and they just said, Jeff, we want you to share some things, and I got up, and you know what? Out of my mind and my heart, Scripture came flooding in, and I found myself just quoting verse after verse after verse after verse with those kids, and when we were done, the leadership came up to me at this camp and said, how in the world did you do that? I mean, do you have this like elaborate scripture memory program that you like spend hours doing every day and stuff? I said, no, not at all. In fact, I have no scripture memory program, but here's what I do have. I have a lifetime of experience of just immersing my head and my heart into God's word. 
And I have found that the more that I do that, that sometimes even unconsciously, here comes the Bible out of my mouth. Here comes a scriptural thought into my head. And all of a sudden, the scripture comes out and it blesses people. So it's just about the fact that I've, I've had the Bible into my life that it just, it just comes out. And that's part, that's a little bit of part what God wants us to do. We're going to explore this even more next week. We're going to dive even deeper into this whole thing about why we believe, what we believe, and most importantly, how we can strengthen our belief. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. Hey, this is Jeff Kinley. Listen, if you are enjoying these podcasts, let me ask you to do a couple of things for me. Number one, would you just share them with a friend? Just tell a friend about them, maybe tweet about them, post it on Facebook, maybe just send a text message and say, hey, I'm listening to some really cool truth podcasts here I want to tell you about. Would you do that for me? And then secondly, would you subscribe to this podcast? Wherever you're listening to this thing, on, just click on the subscribe button and you'll get updates on when the next podcast is coming out. Hey, appreciate you guys. God bless.